What is up, Rose? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, August 23rd, and we have reached the final week of the regular season of the PLL season. So this thing that started off, I mean, we, we first heard the, the real rumblings about it probably in like last September. So here we are just about a year after the league was announced. Uh, we are wrapping up the regular season and the boys are heading up to Casey Stadium in Albany. So I'm, this is a game where dude, the atmosphere, especially the Saturday night game with the chaos, is going to be absolutely fucking insane. So this is, I mean, it, it's going to be a great weekend for lacrosse. So Jake, uh, I feel like you, you got to be, got to be pretty high heading into this one. Yeah, you can't not be right. You know, I, I think that. It, you know, going to the play, like, you know, going to the place where, you know, and playing where for the chaos, like where a majority of the players graduated and spent a lot of time and even are from, you know, that's got to be, you know, a, a huge hype. And I mean, Albany is a big lacrosse, uh, a big lacrosse city. Like that's, you know, the, the fans are going to show out. And um, I think I, uh, I think we saw some statistics, you know, we're big sabermetrics guys um, that every week the PLL attendance has increased. Um, at every successive stadium, um, which has been awesome. So I'm, you know, uh, Albany listeners, if y'all are out there, you know, bring the boys, bring the kids, uh, bring, you know, wheel your old grandmother out there. She can't, she might not even be able to see, but she's going to enjoy it. So it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's, it's going to be standing room only for sure. So if your grandmother, if she's like started that shrinking process of her life, maybe just, uh, you know, maybe throw her on your shoulders or something like that. Let her go crazy. Uh, but to get us ready for week 10 in Albany, we do have a former Dane uh, coming up a little bit later in this episode. We've got Blaze Reardon, goalie from the chaos, forward for the wings, and just uh, all around beauty of a human being so we got a interview with blaze coming up a little bit later in the show but dude heading into week 10 i mean this right now like so we have two teams that have clinched already right so the chaos and the whip snakes they're good to go they're already in the playoffs we now have uh and the chrome so they're eliminated so there are three teams left they're fighting for two playoff spots and shit hit the fan all over the place in week nine uh, up north in Canada. I mean, it, when we're talking about this league, like that was, that was the type of weekend uh, that there, there's no other way to explain it other than this league. It's, I mean, it's just out of its fucking mind. Uh, so we saw, you know, chaos. They kept it going with the 11 to 10 uh, win in overtime over the archers, uh, you know, Good old Canadian boy Josh Byrne scoring the game winner there in Hamilton. So chaos, they locked up one of the top two seeds. Uh, the Atlas, they they needed a win. You know, it, whoever won that game between the Atlas and the Chrome, that was you know if you lost that game, you were donezo. You were relegated to the losers bracket of the playoffs. So Atlas, they came out on top of that one with a 17-14 win over the Chrome. They weren't in the playoffs yet like it, it helped them stay alive but they weren't locked in there yet um pretty sure heading into last week like the the atlas had the worst percentage of, of a chance to get into the playoffs so the win helped but it didn't get them into that spot until the sunday game and that was a fucking shit pumping for the ages as the whip snakes 
just bullied, dismantled, dominated the Redwoods 17 to four. That was, I, I felt bad watching that. Like I almost had to, like I, like my dog, I had to avert her eyes. I didn't want her seeing that kind of violence. She's just young and pure and sweet, but that was a fucking like multiple kicks directly to the dick of the Redwoods. Yeah. You know, I, I we're obvious Redwood fans here, you know, Redwoods fans here. And, and that was Pretty, it, it was disappointing on one hand, but on the other hand, it was awesome to see that whip snakes were absolutely firing on every cylinder. Um, I mean, I really liked, I caught the end of the Chaos Archers game. Like that was, you know, objectively, that was probably the best game of the weekend. Um, I mean, you know, we'll go into it later a little bit, but like Connor Fields doing Connor Fields stuff, um, you know, the, the Archers played pretty well, you know, coming together towards the end of the season. And then a, the Atlas and the Chrome game, that was... Um, that was really anybody's game until the last few minutes. I feel like I, I you know, the Atlas, you know, they, they kind of crept, uh, the Chrome were creeping up kind of the entire time. Um, but honestly, you know, with this league, especially when we say this league, like, you know, three goal lead, that's nothing. You can score a two pointer and then another goal in 10 seconds. So, you know, a three, a three goal leads, not very comfortable. And that's about, you know, what I felt towards the end of that game. Um, I think the Atlas were wearing blue socks with their white cleats and the Chrome were wearing pink socks with their white cleats. That's, I, I'll never, I'll never not be disgusted by it. Um, but uh, you know, that's all I have to say about it. That. Yeah. If, if you were just looking uh, like calves, calves and below, like you were thinking to yourselves, like, is this like some sort of like a Easter special? But uh, yeah. So the, the, I mean, they really got to stop doing. It. I don't know who in the f- who like who keeps saying like, "Hey guys, let's let's wear these zany colored socks." It's like I just don't overthink it. Let people just wear white socks and and be done with it. Like, don't fix what ain't broke. But uh, yeah, like honestly though, the Atlas they're pretty fortunate that the Chrome decide to be a bunch of idiot boys and throw on those pink socks. Um, you know, I feel like if the Chrome if they were to wear the whites they'd still be alive this week heading into Albany. Instead, they're done. See you later. Like, have fun playing for the first overall pick, um, which, you know, isn't necessarily a, a, a bad uh, consolation prize because there will be a couple studs coming out at the, uh, you know, the end of next, next year's college season, a guy uh, by the name uh, of uh, Grant Amant. Uh Maybe Grant Amant or maybe Pat Spencer. Have you heard of him? He's already been drafted. Oh, he has been drafted already? We'll cut that. He's uh, yeah, he was he was the number one pick for the archers, and I guess he still oh. stays with the archers. Even okay, now. so I didn't, I didn't, so I, that was, and we'll cut this. But obviously, I thought that he draft he was drafted. And he said no, and he and he said no to play basketball. So wouldn't he go back into the draft to get drafted again? But I feel like if they already spent that pick on him, I feel like he's still got to be like under like like his rights have to belong but we're not going to cut this because i do real quick when i'm done with week nine at this point for at least right now let's talk about pat spencer already lighting shit up for the northwestern wildcats on the court i mean i, I know every, everyone listening right now has has seen has seen the highlights i mean dude this kid first game with northwestern granted they're you know they're in europe playing some like 
random ass like Paris All Stars team, like whatever. It's not like <laughs> an actual like who the fuck are these guys? Are they just like random like Parisians that they found off this you know on the side of the street who just like were eating baguettes and they were like, hey guys, do you want to come play ball against us? Either way, Pat Spencer. The so this is like I guess the first time that Northwestern's team is playing together and he's hitting the first three of the game, put up like 20 points, had 10 assists. Uh, so, I mean, dude, this kid. And, and then you look, I mean, I'm telling you, man, he's, he's getting a lot of publicity because of lax Twitter being so heavily invested in Pat Spencer playing at Northwestern. So like all that, all that hype going into it, that's going to up the draft stock a little bit. And then Joe Sy, who is an investor in the PLL. He owns the uh, San Diego Seals. He's a Yale lacrosse guy, billionaire. That's billions with a B. Um, and he's now the, uh, the sole owner of the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, we've got a lacrosse guy owning the Nets. We've got a former college lacrosse player just uh, dominating the college basketball scene right now. Granted, there's not a lot of the college basketball scene to dominate, but the scene that there is, he's dominating it. You put two and two together there. I'm just saying right now, if you have a bookie who will take a bet right now, a future bet that Pat Spencer will get drafted by the Brooklyn Nets, I would put some coin on that right about now. I would totally agree. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through some articles about, you know, Spencer's decision to play, um, you know, basketball instead of go to the PLL. And he was also drafted in the, in the MLL. So, I don't think he, we have any confirmation of what he's picked to do. So maybe, you know, maybe, you're, maybe he is on the archers and he's just kind of, you know, waiting to be activated or something like that. But it's very interesting that, um, you know, it's very interesting to see these guys, especially some of the top athletes, uh, you know, the, I guess when you get to like, you know, your, your peak athletic year, like your senior year or whatever, if you were a football player or you were a lacrosse player, you know, you kind of pick one, right? You're like, okay, I can go play lacrosse professionally, whatever. You know, like Brendan Fowler, he played football four years and, you know, that sort of thing. Connor Farrell, same way, right? Connor Farrell could have played in the NFL probably, you know, second string middle linebacker or something like that. But he chose to play lacrosse. It's interesting that Spencer has chosen to take the grad year to play, a you know, a completely different sport that he's also very good at, you know. And I think that being, you know, he could have just focused on lacrosse and instead he wanted to go play, you know, ball a little bit more. I was like, that's, that's fucking sweet. You know, the guy, the guy's like, yeah, I'll put down the sticks for a little bit to go, you know, dunk on some guys. That's fine. And then I'll do whatever I want later. It's he's just a freak, man. It's, yeah. it, and it's not even that he wants to just ball. It's like he went to Northwest and he was, he was in their starting five that first, like, again, yeah. Grant, they're playing against random ass teams in Europe. So like, who knows who these guys are, but whoever they are, the fact is, Pat, Pat Spencer is starting against them and putting up uh, at least a double double. I, I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see any any boards on there, but I mean, just just lighten it up. Pat Spencer doing Pat Spencer things. Um, so I mean, he is dominating college basketball the same way that the Whip Snakes absolutely fucking dominated the Redwoods. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, as things, you know, if. If everything stays the way that it is right now, we've got chaos, whip snakes, archers, and Atlas in the playoffs, which is, um, again, absolutely crazy because heading into last week, it was like, like the Atlas needed a miracle to get into the playoffs. Like not only did they need to win, but they would need to get a better score differential than any team. And they, they were down at like 
minus 13. Like they had gotten shit pumped a couple times before too. Um, so the only way that they were going to get in is if someone else lost and not only did they lose, but they got dismantled. Um, and that's what happened to the Redwoods. So now like they're, they're at minus 13 and their score differential. So that's going to be pretty interesting heading into this week in Albany. Uh, but yeah, so week nine, absolutely crazy. And it's only going to continue week 10 because, uh, you know, this is where everything will finally get locked in. So, uh, you know, we can talk about it all we want, but it'll all work its way out Saturday night and Sunday. Um, with that, let's, uh, let's head into some segments for this week. We'll, uh, you know, we'll start off with our greaser of the week that is brought to us by Pearl Lacrosse. They make the only ball worthy enough for greasers to use that will never grease. Uh, like, you know, you can take this thing, take it to the swamps in, in Louisiana, right? You're hunting for gators. You can just drop it in the water there, forget about it for a few years, and you can come back, find that ball, pull it out of the swamp, dry it off a little bit, go out to practice and that thing will still be shooting like a goddamn gem. Uh, these things, they never grease and they are, they're, they're the only ball that I use now because like they're, they're just so nice and grip that it adds like a few extra MPHs to my shot. I'm not, a, I'm not a big speed guy on my shot. I'm more of like a, you know, mm-hmm. finisher placer kind of guy. So anything I can get that'll add a, a few more miles per hour to that, uh, it, it'll do the trick and Pearl Lacrosse does that. So the greaser of the week brought to us by Pearl Lacrosse. I'll take this first one uh, because I feel like, I feel like we've had this guy pegged to be a greaser of the week uh, a few times before. We might've even actually picked him once or twice, but uh, Mark Lassini, what else needs to be said about this absolute psychopath Dude, this guy, I'm, if, if I was Mark Lassini's mother, though, I would be furious because this dude is standing in the, in the way of, sh- like, he's not just eating shots like any old lacrosse shot. Like, he's not going out to some men's league game and catching, like, a little, like, 50-mile-per-hour meatball. Like, he's standing in the way of professional lacrosse players just turning his back and soaking these shots week after week after week. Uh, it's a good thing that the PLL, one of their big things heading into the season, was health care for the players because I feel like he's probably going to need it at the end of the season after eating all these shots straight to the back. Uh, but Mark Lassini is a certified sick son of a bitch. Yeah, there's no, there's no like, logical reason to do that like the like uh, yeah i get it okay you want to and dude I struggle you got, with you've got blaze, you've got blaze reardon in that like one of the best it's goalies in the like, world right now he he's he leads the league in saves he probably doesn't need you to just take one straight to the spine yet he still does it anyway voluntarily yeah, and like these guys aren't wearing shoulder pads. Like you know, Glissini could have cracked the vertebrae if you know that shot landed right. You know, these guys don't shoot soft. You know, he absolutely could have you know injured himself. But yeah, I mean, I I, I totally think he's deserving of of, of greaser three. Mine in particular, I it came down to two for me, um, but I chose Jared Newman. Um, I think Jared Newman had an absolute just. Hell of a game. So Glassini and this hell, is what, hell, of a, hell of a year, by the way. He's had a, yeah, he's had a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a fucking life. Let's 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 go even that far. <laughs> um, so so the difference between Glassini and then Newman because Newman ate a shot. The difference between Glassini's shot and, and the one that Newman is Newman jumped in front of it. Glassini turned around into it. So Newman actually 
literally dove, almost like dove in front of the shot, which I find to be absolutely just wild. He also had that sick overhead takeaway check from uh, Christian Cuccinello, Cucci made. Um, and I mean, just an all around, absolutely all over the place guy, you know, his wingspan's just ridiculous. You know, uh, I, I would hate to go up against him in any facet. Um, and he's out there talking shit, which I absolutely love. Uh, I, I love a guy who's out there dropping two bombs and, you know, telling guys, Hey man, you got to slide to me. You know, how about you slide next time and, and all that other shit. I love that. I love that so much. I love a guy who can be out there and, uh, and really back it up. The other one I thought of was, was Matt Rambo. Uh, Rambo was out there getting it done. Um, but I think Newman jumping in front of the shot really sold it for me. But Rambo, I see you. Noted friend of the pod, recurring guest. Yeah, big week out of Rambo, especially because, you know, the week before he got yanked out of the game after halftime. So it was, it was a, you know, a tough one for him, but um, he's a pro. And so he came right back out last week and got things, got the party started for the whip snakes. But yeah, dude, Jared Newman, he's just like, he just seems really like, I'm sure that he's the nicest guy off the field. I'm sure like he'd give you the shirt off of his back. I'm sure, you know, if you needed a ride to the airport or you needed someone to help you move, he'd probably sign right up, even though no one wants to do that for anybody on the field, man. He just seems just mean like not he doesn't seem like a like a dickhead or an asshole like he seems just mean like like so mean where it's like like you leave the game and and not only did you did you lose but like your feelings are hurt so like and and then on top of all that he's just an absolute madman so he's he's jumping in front of shots um unreal takeaway checks so he's just just a mean dude Again, probably nice as could be, but uh, yeah, definitely worthy of a greaser of the week right there. Um, let's move on over to our man up, man down of the week. Uh, this is going to be brought to us by Roback. They are a uh, an activewear clothing company. Uh, you know, started by a few boys down in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. You might know that town because they are home of the 2019 national champion Virginia Cavaliers, uh, dude. Roback, the shit that they're making, I mean, it, it's like, um, you know, it, it's mostly like, it's kind of like golf wear, right? Like, like they got the polos, they have the quarter zips, um, you know, they've got some like performance tees on the way, but dude, they are so goddamn comfortable. Like the, whatever material they use, I, I want to, like, I, I kind of just want like my skin to be that material. Like, dude, this stuff, I'll, you know, I'll go to dates wearing Roback. I will go to the gym wearing Roback. I'll go to sleep wearing Roback. I mean, this stuff, it's, it's just so, it's just, it's pillow soft. There's, it just, you feel, you feel great when you're wearing it. And on top of that, you look great wearing it. Um, so you can check them out at Roback.com. That is R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Uh, when you go there, put in promo code CREASE15. That will give you 15% off of your next purchase. Not a big deal. I think that's our first promo code of all time. Um, it is. So Roback.com. Also make sure to follow them on Instagram. That is at Roback. Again, R-H-O-B-A-C-K. Uh, Man up, man down of the week. Uh, Jake, I'll let you start this one off. All right, man. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, I, 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 can, I can also vouch for Roback too. Like I'm a big guy and I sweat a lot and these, these puppies are, are, are going to last through 
through a big sweat. So, you know, I got to add that in there. So our man up, man down on the week. Um, I'll start with my man up. This guy, all right, um, a lesser known player in the PLL, um, which he shouldn't be at all. I'm totally man up on Ramar Dennis. Please give my man the ball every fucking possession. The guy has the, and I've said it before on this podcast before, he has the coldest split dodge, the best feet, and the best jump shot. Like, I'm sorry, Kyle Harrison. I know you pioneered the jump shot, but Romar is here to take it from you. You were the king. He's the heir to the throne. Okay? He had two shots this week, which did, I mean, our noted friend of the pod, recurring guest, Mikey Diggs, Diggs Tape, did an entire video on both of his shots. That's how worthy of, uh, of it he was. I am up, and, and of course, people were like, where has Romar Dennis been? Where has he been like this? I don't know, man. You know, maybe the guy, maybe, the, maybe the, the, they got to let my man shine a little bit, you know, but like we can't act like he's overrated or something like that. The dude's just a freak athlete. And he had 80 points at Loyola. It's not like he was, you know, in and out. Like he, he had some solid games, a couple of hat tricks, things like that. So I'm all up on Romar Dennis specifically cracking ankles and making people, you know, embarrassing people like Barry Sanders and sticking corners. Totally in. I, th- I think the thing that's like, so ridiculous about Romar Dennis is just how like how effortless he makes it like he's not he's not really setting up with like a huge split dodge right like you know when I'm thinking of like a Kyle Harrison split dodge like I'm thinking like a big three-step split um you like know, off a sweep too right yeah, like, yeah, you so know like it's got the ball for a while like really like more like a like a crossover more than anything where you know he's getting that body you know fully extended one that one way uh pulling it back the other and just leaving the defender in in the tracks there that's not really Romar Dennis's split like his is just he's just so goddamn quick uh to get you know to get himself going back one way where like you're watching it and you're just like like at, at points you're like like who the fuck is playing defense like did they just like grab some guy like out of a bar and it's like, no, like these are the best lacrosse players in the world. Romar Dennis is just making them look like he's drunk and then he's sticking them on top of that. So um, yeah, it's just super smooth. And yeah, he is. Uh, but I, I would say he's like, yeah, he, when you, when he, it makes sense, you know, when you think about some of like the household lacrosse names that are playing in this league that Romar Dennis would kind of get, um, you know, a little left by like the wayside there, but when he keeps, snatching souls like he did last week uh i think everyone will start to really have his name cemented in their brain uh my man up of the week go out go into the kitchen real quick uh go find the tin foil in the drawer make a little hat out of it because the pll playoff conspiracy theories are my man up of the week dude this is something that i said i'm pretty sure i said it on last week's podcast uh you know talking about how you can't count the Atlas out because they've got Paul Rabel on the team. And you know, you just knew that there could have been something up his sleeve uh, to make sure, you know, they went into last week's game. I think I said this before. They had like an 11% chance of getting into the playoffs. So they needed a miracle. They had the worst chance out of everybody else in the league to get into the playoffs. They needed to not only win, but they also needed someone to get their doors blown off. Well, guess what happened? The Atlas pick up a win 
and the Redwoods get their doors blown off. Now, I'm not saying that this couldn't happen organically, right? Like the Atlas beating the Chrome, it was a tight game until the end. Then Paul Rabel, he sticks the eventual game winner. That can happen on its own. And then with the Whip Snakes, I mean, they had two opportunities before last week to clinch a playoff spot, and they lost both of those games. So obviously they were going to go into this game last week saying to themselves like all right let's fucking go here boys like let's stop losing all these games like we don't want to go into the playoffs on a four game losing streak let's stomp this shit out clinch that spot and then we'll go from there so like those things could have happened on their own but they also could have been called up from above this this could have been we we could have had a you know this is this is like WWE right now this is this has Vince McMahon written all over it and it's Paul and Mike Rabel just like Pinocchio they're just controlling the strings right now getting the Atlas into the playoffs so um you know that's the conspiracy theories whether you want to believe them or not you can you can draw the connections you can connect the dots and you know you can take it for what they're worth yeah so listen here Paul Mike uh we're on to you um we're absolutely on to you and you know what I really appreciate is the PLL going out of their way you know their social media their production team just doing an impeccable job really helping us guys out with our, you know, terribly, terribly small brains uh, and posting what each team needs to get to into the playoffs. Like, that's just so easy. Like, thank you for making me not think about this because I don't want to. I would love to just scroll through your Instagram and get all the information that I need. So kudos to them. Hats off to them like that. You know, I, I don't, you know, I, you, they say we only use 10% of our brains. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like sub 1% sometimes. So it, thank you. Thank you to the PLO. Uh, so we can continue through that. Um, my man down uh, for for this week. I'm really man down on blowouts because there was a moment there, and I hate it. It's the first time it's happened all season where I wanted to switch off the game. I was like, I'm. I really thought about it. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna turn on fucking Netflix and whatever. Like, I shouldn't be watching this. I I, I actually picked up the remote and went to go change it three times, and I was like, whoa, whoa whoa like i i'm watching this like this like i was almost like not bored but i was almost like this is just ass kicking like i couldn't i i hated to see it so yeah, i mean 12 1 12 1 at halftime you're thinking oh yourself like uh, is there like an episode of a show that i need to catch up on right right and uh, but i mean we've kind of been waiting for that right you know the redwoods you know and it's been said before like who isn't hurt on that team you know they've got a lot of injuries um some guys you know rehabbing and things like that uh and the whip snakes when they're firing they're firing like you know the connections that the guys on the whip snakes have is just it's silly like rambo just snapped on everybody so i can't help that i don't like it uh, I want to see a game every time. If, if every game went to overtime, I'd be perfectly satisfied. You know, I want to see a double, you know, I want to, I want to see them go down to the last minute of overtime every single time. I'm selfish. That's okay. I know that. So, you know, that's me. I'm man down on blowouts. Yeah. I mean, I, I like seeing a, a dick kicking every once in a while. I think, uh, you know, it kind of reminds us that, um, you know, it's, it's possible in this league. It was starting to get a little bit where to the point where it's like, you almost didn't need to watch the first three quarters of any PLL game. Cause you knew that it was just going to come down to the wire anyway. So it's kind of like they threw a nice little change up at us. Um, but yeah, the, the blowouts hopefully we don't make a, uh, hopefully we don't make a habit out of them. 
Um, cause I was, I was on the same boat there just thinking, you know, Hey, you know, new episode or new season of QB one came out, might as well just, you know, throw on a, a couple episodes of that. Um, so speaking of teams getting blown out, my man down of the week has to do with a bunch of ankles getting blown out. And those are the ankles of anybody who was in charge of trying to cover Connor Fields this year playing in the PLL. Dude, it's, it's a weekly occurrence at this point where Connor Fields is forcing at least two or three defenders into early retirement. Um, so, I mean, this week, I, I think the one who got it the worst might have been Jackson Place uh, with the Archers. So, you know, Connor Fields just dancing, dancing from X, uh, you know, ends up, getting, uh, ends up getting Jackson Place, you know, twisted up, uh, cleats in the back of the net, sniper, man down, and then just turns the corner, comes around, puts it in the back of the net like he does. Uh, so, you know, anyone who's covering Connor Fields, like you got to know right now that you are going to end up on a highlight tape and there's really nothing you can do about it. Like the only thing you can do is if your team is scheduled to play against the chaos, just show up that day, tell your coach like, Hey coach, you know, I think I got a little bit of food poisoning from the hotel last night. I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to go today. Uh, whatever you do, just don't put me on number five cause I'm going to end up shitting my pants, uh, when he's dodging against me. So like it, it really seems that like if you go to play one on one against Connor fields, you're going to look silly. So yeah. And, and if that is the fortune that you have, just make sure you're screaming to the other five guys that are out there on the field with you that someone needs to be early to go because he's going to draw the slide. He's probably going to make that guy look silly too, and he's going to keep on scoring because he is turning into the best player in the world. So my man down of the week, anybody covering that sick son of a bitch. I think that, you know, I think the most impressive thing about Connor Fields and somebody shouted him out, shouted out about it on uh, Instagram is, is his footwork, you know, like, yes, we know that Connor Fields has just an absolutely insane stick, but to set up those dodges, it involves a really, you know, a really big focus on footwork. And, you know, you also have to give him credit too, because that guy's had an ACL tear and it, you and I both know anybody out there who's torn their ACL, you know, it takes a lot of mental getting over it mentally cutting on that knee because every time that you make a cut or something like that, like you juke somebody out in the fucking, you know, grocery store, you're like, man, am I going to fucking tear my ACL again doing this? So like it takes a lot of guts and getting over that kind of mental block that's surrounding that. And he's absolutely breaking ankles without wearing a brace. Like I'm, well, I'm I, I think, I think the thing that works out for him is that he played like two years on, on a torn ACL. So like he can, he could probably he could tear it again and still finish out the season. I, I don't, I'll probably, I, I, we don't, we, we don't even want to talk about it, but what I'm saying is like, he's like at maybe, practice, you know, like I'll, again, I'll be, you know, the grocery store. That's a great, great call. You know, you take one bad step in there, you kind of slip a little bit and you're like, Oh, that just tightened up on me a little bit. Um, but there a reason, there's a reason why we're probably talking about him right now. And he's the one playing because whatever's going on in his body is just freakish. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, and dude, and he's just tough as fucking nails too. I mean, it makes sense. He's upstate New York kid. Um, but you know, he's, he's not, he's not necessarily, he's not a big kid in the slightest, but he'll still, you know, even though he, he mostly cooks his defenders and makes them, you know, puts them on the ground eventually with his feet. Um, you know, if, if you try to play him physically, 
he's, you know, you're not going to like bully him at all. He's just going to keep going. So Connor Fields is a beast. Uh, and from one absolute legend of an Albany alum to another, we might as well just kick it over right now to our interview with the PLL league leader in saves. Uh, he has been leading the chaos to the number one spot in the playoffs so far this season. It is Blaze Reardon. All right, and joining us right now, some of you guys may know him as the save leader in the Premier Lacrosse League. Some of you guys may know him as an absolute beauty of a lefty forward for the Philadelphia Wings. Uh, Some of you guys may know him as the scorer of one of the greatest goals in NCAA tournament history when he took it coast to coast and just sniped it against Cornell. We've got in cage for the Chouse. Big Daddy Blaze, Blaze Reardon on the line. Blazer, thanks for hopping on with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be on it. Yeah, it's uh, actually, I, th- I think we've had you on like real quickly in the past, but uh, this has been a long time coming to get your to get your own episode here. Yeah, no better weekend than uh, the final regular season game of the PLL taking place in my alma mater, Albany, New York. So uh, what perfect timing. Dude, this coming weekend, it is going to be uh, – because if, if I know anything about Albany, it's that that town loves lax and they love to show out for their Danes. And the, the chaos, I mean, you guys are, are loaded with former Danes. You've got yourself. you got Connor Fields, who we can talk about Connor in a little bit here and the fact that he has just become the greatest lacrosse player to ever – pick up a stick uh but then you know you've also got mcclancy uh miles thompson looks like he'll be back in the lineup this weekend so a ton of danes on the lineup and the boys don't forget about troy ray oh yeah troy ray's there and uh little little lsm action i i always forget about lsms just because they're always you know when when i was playing they'd always just be uh stealing my candy making me feel bad about myself so i try not to give lsms too much love but Troy Ray also on the squad. So a ton of Danes. You guys will be – I'm assuming that that place is going to be packed to the gills on Saturday night at Casey Stadium when you guys take on the, uh, the Atli. Yep. So uh, rumor has it that they're approaching sellout crowd. And um, if it's anything like when we played in Baltimore with the Hopkins-Maryland showdown, uh, the, the Whip Snakes versus the Atlas, this one should be uh, just as good. I know Albany fans – and. We got a flair for the dramatic and love to be rowdy. So uh, the Atlas are in for a rude awakening. There we go. And like, that's the thing. The, so like you guys, you've already locked up a top two spot in the playoffs. So like you guys are already good in that sense. And the Atlas, like they were able to sneak their way into like right now, if you know, before we get into this weekend, like the Atlas, they managed to find themselves in a playoff spot. So like you think like, oh, like, you know, chaos, like they, they already locked up a top two spot. Maybe they'll just kind of take this one easy heading into the into the playoffs. And it's like, no, you called them at the absolute, like the number one week that I wouldn't want to play you guys is at Casey Stadium. So it's uh, def- definitely, definitely sucks to be those guys right now. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you know who our head coach is, but uh, – our, our fearless leader, Andy Towers, is there's no chill around him. There's no relaxing, no relaxing. Uh, first, second, or last place. Um, when you're around him, he's high energy. Then he brings Casey, uh, Casey Stadium into the mix, and 
I think you're going to not want to be trifling with the chaos come this weekend. No trifling at all. Don't even, don't even think about trifling. If, if it's in your yeah. head, you're already, you're already doing it wrong and you're already going to get stomped out by the chaos. Uh, heading back to Casey, are you, you planning on, uh, you got anything special in the works for when you hop off the bus? I know that, you know, the boys in the PLL, they've been uh, doing a great job with the, you know, the game day fashion. Um, you know, and just like looking back, you know, the Albany, the roster bio headshots, stuff like, 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 I feel like this is a weekend where we need to see something incredible coming off the, maybe you just walk off the bus going tarps off and anything special planned. Uh, there, I got something up my sleeve. I got a couple things. Uh, it's a special weekend as mentioned. So, um, going to try to play for the crowd a little bit and brought some stuff that I'm going to want to give away and try to get as many uh, familiar faces around me as possible. But uh, you're going to have to stay tuned for my game day outfit, but it should be a doozy. All right. I mean, I, I figured, I figured that we would get the inside scoop there, but that's fine. Keeping everything close to the chest. I, I can appreciate it. Uh, you know, you're, you're a goalie, so I don't want to mess up with your, with your game day mojo or anything like that. Yeah. Let's just say that I'm down a pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, you know, heading into this weekend again, you know, th- like the season that you've had, I feel like, like everybody knows that you're, you know, one of the best goalies in the world, but I don't, I, I just feel like this season, like you've, you and Connor, like both have like elevated yourselves to like where, you know, people are like, oh yeah, like, you know, they were from those great Albany teams. Like they were really fun to watch. Um, but like now it's like, holy shit, these guys are on another level. I mean, did you had that one game you had like, I'm pretty sure you had at least like 20 saves. Um, Connor has been doing absolutely preposterous things week after week. I feel terrible for anyone who has, you know, who's the game plan is to try to guard him because you're already screwed and you're going to be down, you know, a couple ankles by the end of that game. Um, so, you know, how's this season been for you? And, uh, you know, has it been like, ha- have you felt, uh, you know, any different like this season in terms of just like how much, uh, you know, how much pub you're getting and stuff like that? Uh, no, the publicity uh, will never change me, but um, it's been a long time coming. For those that don't know, this is now my fourth year pro. Um, I sat behind a world-class goalkeeper in John Galloway and got some games in along the way, but um, I stuck with it and I traveled every week and uh, made sure I was practicing and getting professional-like shots. And um, it helps when you got guys like Brody Merrill and Jared Newman and you know, Mark Lassini and everyone on our defense helping do their part. But um, with a new league comes new opportunities. So I uh, just hope to grab it by the horns. And I've uh, been enjoying my time so far, and I don't look to slow down anytime soon. Dude, and what's even crazier is it, you know, it's not like you're, you know, it's not like you're, you're seeing shots all year. I mean, you might be, but like in the off season, you're, you're here in Philly playing forward for the wings. So, you know, you go uh, – you know, you go from, from the, the box game and, you know, with a shorty in your stick and just stashing the back of that net with rubber. I mean, what a season for Big Daddy Blaze and the Wings. We'll, we'll get right into that right now. But, like, to go from, you know, the, the kind of offseason that you I'm, – I'm assuming that most of the goalies in this league, you know, they're probably seeing shots a couple times a week during the offseason, um, and you're there – you're not seeing shots, you're scoring goals for the wings. So a um, little bit of a, of a different 
uh, I guess, training regimen for you. But how was, uh, how was the first year with the Wings? I loved it. I loved the city of Philadelphia. Um, I, lo- I met my long-lost little brother, Matt Rambo. Um, so he's been great. We've uh, pushed each other um, to try to be the best that we have. And we got an ongoing joke. Um, because we're always competing, and um, it's just been great. But uh, going back to the training stuff, it's like riding a bike. Once you do it so many times. So uh, my big thing is whatever season I'm in, that's the position I'm focused on. So even hearing you say scoring goals right now makes me cringe a little bit because right now my job is to stop them. But um, there's always a month or a month and a half in between the two. And um, if you buckle down and put your mind to it, it's just like riding a bike. You hop back on it. You get hit a couple times with the rubber, and uh, you've, you're back in the mode. So um, it's been great this, thus far. Well, what about now? I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, right? I, I know that the, the coach speak in you is going to say, well, we're just taking this one game at a time, and you know we got Albany this week and then Columbus the week after that. But looking a little bit ahead, the, the scheduling here is going to be a little rough for some guys because September 21st in Philly – you know, that's championship weekend for the PLL, but it's also right in, you know, right at the beginning of the world indoor championships. You're on that USA roster, same with, uh, with chef Rambo. So is, is there, have you guys been, you know, kind of gearing up for that a little bit, or is it just straight going for going for the crown and you'll get to the worlds when you get to the worlds? Yeah, no, we got a, a game plan set in place. We talked with us lacrosse and uh, with head coach Reggie Thorpe and, um, just explain that, you know, with everything going on in lacrosse, the growth, um, it's crazy right now. Uh, lacrosse is a 12-month-out-of-the-year sport, and everything seems to be growing, which is great. But um, when it comes down to it, you make a commitment. And uh, right now I'm committed to the chaos. And um, it's known that if we, we are in that championship game, that I'll be on the next flight out to Vancouver right after that. And um, if things don't go that way, then I'll be in Vancouver a little early representing my country. But both great opportunities. Um, it stinks for us players to have to be in this situation. But at the same time, it just goes to show the growth of the sport and where it's going. And um, it's, it's not a terrible situation to be in, either playing for a gold medal or playing for a Premier Lacrosse League championship. So um, that's about all I got on that. But I'm excited uh, for the for the next upcoming month. It should be a, a great month for the sport of lacrosse. Dude, an an unreal month for the sport. I mean, it's I, I feel like there was like a little bit of a, a like so there was the the All Star weekend, then like a couple buys right around the same time. So like there was like a little bit of a lull right now. Like the next like five weeks, next four or five weeks are just going to be because like not only is it just like do we have lacrosse going this entire time, but it's like it's like do or die lacrosse. So it, it should be I, like, as someone just like watching, I'm fired up about it. I can't even imagine being, you know, the freak who has to be in, in standing in between the pipes being fired up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, everything that you guys have seen thus far is, is great, but um, when it comes down to do or die, uh, there's, there's a little more edge that goes into it and it's going to be entertaining for the fans. Um, and you're going to see some first lap, first class lacrosse. So, uh, personally, I'm super excited to compete against against the best that everyone has, and um, I, I like my squad going into it. I like our leader, and I'm ready to keep rolling. Now, the one question that's on everybody's mind here, everyone's been wondering this. It's it's 
They're dying to know the answer. Can we anticipate seeing the Blazer running one out of the net this week at Albany? I mean, it would only be fitting. And like, here's the thing. You guys already have one of those top two spots locked up, right? So like right now you're at a spot where it's, you know, you can take a few chances here. So let's just say, you know, Paul Rabel's coming down the alley. He tries to stick one high on you. You say, no way, PR. That's popcorn and a can of peanuts. I'm taking this one, taking it down full field, just like against Cornell in the first round of 2015 and going to stick one on Kincannon. So is there – one is it, – it's got to happen this weekend, but have you thought about doing it at all at any point this season? Uh, let's just say that I've been stretching a little extra this week. Um, it's a lacrosse game, so you never know. So if I make a save and I'm running out and I see Kyle Hartzell ready to swing his stick and take my arm off, you know, you just never know the situation. But I am prepared. I've been stretching all week, gotten some uh, sprints in, some shots with my goalie stick. So um, if the situation presents itself, uh, I'll do it. I'll be the people's champ and I'll, I'll give the people what they want. But um, First and foremost, I'm worried about locking it down in the cage and getting a W, but uh, you can, anything you do once, you can do again. So let's just put it, we'll just leave it at that. All right, well, we're going to need a little bit. Actually, I've always been torn on this one. Like the, so the Selly that you had after scoring that goal against Cornell was like in some ways I, I wanted like a little bit more out of it just cause it was like such a big goal, like something that like not a lot of people had ever seen before. Um, so like would have loved like some sort of, you know, like a bow and arrow or like a, you know, kind of touch the ice a knee drop type of thing. But then I also kind of love the fact that you just ran straight back to the net. You're like, all right, let's, you know, we, we got a face off to take here. Let's get another one. Um, but I, I do think, you know, we might might need to you know you got to visualize an attack so you might need to start planning out uh you know a special little celly in the next couple of days here you've 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 been to a wings game you see me i like to sell you after i score but, but you're a big um, you're a big jump, you're a big jump into the yeah, boards I'm a guy big jump against the glass guy so when there's no glass i don't really so i just jump up in the air but there's actually a story behind my celebration and yes it was a celebration it wasn't a sprint back to the net. The reason that I did it is because I knew after I scored that everyone would be murmuring about how, oh, how tired do you think the big man is? How tired do you think he is? So to leave that off the table after I scored, I decided to sprint full speed another 70 yards back to my crease and, and finish where I started. So you got to cross the finish line. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So um, that was kind of my my – thinking after scoring the goal and uh yeah well, that's about it actually, that's a little inside scoop that's i mean that's uh that's big breaking news here on the crease dive so you're only going to find that here uh but you have i mean you've you've trimmed down a lot since you know since those days so i think now you could probably you know people aren't going to say oh here comes you know how, how tired's the big man it's like you're you know, you're, you're looking, you're looking trim these days. So you can afford to kind of hang out down there for a little bit and, and really show that one off. Okay. Well, if, if the opportunity presents itself, I'll make sure I have something planned for you. And, and tell me this right now, if, if you have an open shot, but Connor Fields is down there waiting for the ball, do you, do you trust yourself more than five? Uh, I'm shooting it nine times out of ten. You saw the last video. I faked it right at him. I wanted him. I wanted him to get all excited, and then I just, I just showed him how it was done myself. So 
hopefully this time we'll take some notes. But, um, yeah, I don't care if he's open or not. I'm not even looking over there because I know if he was in the same situation, I don't know if I'm getting the round. So, you know, eye for an eye. And he scores enough. He's got enough publicity. He's tangling people up like it's Charlotte's Web left and right. And, you know, he's doing the Larry Bird one-handed jump shot around the crease. So um, it's time for some of us that are walking away with from the game with uh, about 15 bruises to get our little chance of fame. Yeah, how nice is it, though, to be able to just kind of hang out there down at, down in your crease and just watch that happen from afar and, and know that, you know, you're not the guy that's going to be out there getting viciously dunked on? Yeah, I honestly wish that uh, the fields were even shorter so I can be closer to our bench so I could hear Coach Towers comment, commentating after each goal because he's always got something to say after him. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm happy that uh, I'm on the, on the right end of the stick. Uh, on these ones because I've been there and practiced with him and the Thompsons and uh, it didn't make for a fun day. So I'm happy to have uh, number five on our squad. Well, one guy who, uh, who you don't have on your squad who, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if you guys will, you know, especially with the way that the playoff picture is looking like right now, I don't think that you'll have to face him again uh, this season, as long as things stay the way that they are. But one guy that's not on your squad Nick Asello. And uh, so, you know, so, so we, I think we had Nick on like right after that weekend. Uh, so chaos, Redwoods, the boys got a little, little scrappy out there. Couple, couple knucks were chucked. Um, you know, we, I, we already talked about, you know, you know, both of you guys coming out saying, Hey, like, that's just, that's, that's the way the competition is. Things get heated. We got respect for each other. Um, but do, do you think, though, that, you know, that, that Nick, you kind of owe him one at this point, right? Uh, it depends how you slice it. I mean, uh, he did get me good, but um, at the end of the day, uh, we're sitting in first place right now, and they're fighting for a spot. So it depends what way you look at it. I'll take, uh, I'll take a knuckle sandwich any day to uh, get a W and uh, for, for the safety of my teammates and my boys. So. Um, just depends how you slice it. He got the last laugh, but uh, I'm glad to be where we are in the standings, and uh, I'm glad that I was able to have my teammates back. So, just depends how you slice it. But I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely not planning on taking another one of those anytime soon. Well, I mean, you took it like a champ, though. I mean, granted, you still had your helmet on, but you ate it well. So between just eating that punch and the the suplex. Like, I think those two right there definitely – I mean, he, he got you clean. Like, that was like a, a direct right to the jaw. So, like, it was a good shot. And especially with how well the PLL, like, the broadcast is with getting the uh, – getting, like, the slow – Oh, yeah. I had, I had the, the, whole, the whole earthquake neck going. I had the, my skin shivering from the back of my neck all the way down to my toes. So, they made it look as legit as possible. What, uh, what, what did your phone look like after that game? Just blowing uh, up. My, yeah, I had a little bit of both sides of the spectrum. I had uh, my boys back home super excited and, uh, you know, just saying, you know, that's beast mode. And the next time, keep my hands up and the next time, do all this stuff, which is expected. But um, on the other hand, hand, I got a little bit of, uh, I got a little bit of a bad publicity, a bad rep, but. Um, my biggest thing is that uh, lacrosse is a contact sport and it happens. And um, the bigger picture is that 
uh, we both came out and handled it like men, and there was and it was handled between the whistles. And um, we had our helmets and gloves on, man. It, it, I've seen locker boxing videos from JV players that were more intense than that. So uh, the fact that people loved it that much and stuff was great. But at the end of the day, it's part of the sport. And uh, here's my about 4,000th apology to those dads out there that no, think no, 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 that no, no. I'm not representing the game correctly. So there you go. We we do we do not need an apology here. Those guys they can all take a take a hike. Um, but dude, yeah. it, it it is a part of the game, and especially when you factor in like how many box guys are on this chaos roster. Like, I I think that you know people have been starting to see it a little bit more like in college across now that you know you you look at any of the top D one teams right now. Like, there's gonna be a Canadian out there playing on you know their attacks somewhere. Like everyone's finally starting to realize like if you start to bring box players into the field game like like I, I look at a guy like Dane Smith and so like so like field lacrosse fans they probably don't know that much about a guy like Dane Smith and then but like when you're watching him out there like I mean he finishes so well in the box game and then you, you look at him finishing on a six by six cage out here in the PLL and it just seems like unfair it's like you should you should almost have like a box net inside of a field net that Dane has to score on. Um, and then it looks like you guys might all, you know, it looked like, uh, you know, the other day Tyson Bell finally got, uh, finally got the, the buzz to join the team at, at some point here toward the end of the season. So like, how, how do you think having the box guys, uh, you know, especially offensively on your team, like do you, do you think that that plays a big role in why you guys are sitting in first place? Yeah, it definitely helps. It uh, adds a whole different dynamic to the game. A um, little bit of grittiness, a little bit of flair, and I think it's just um, very confusing on defenses to have to go from one possession covering a two-man game with two Canadians that are setting greasy, you know, slightly moving picks off your hip, and next thing you know, you turn and they're already towards the net and getting behind the backs thrown by their faces. And then you got guys like Jake Vaccaro and Dean McClass and Miles Jones just uh, putting guys on skates and swinging the ball from the two-point arc. So um, that adds a lot of dynamic. But I'm not going to let you get away with especially the offense end because um, we are anchored by the uh, um, arguably the greatest of all time, uh, Brody Merrill, a Canadian defenseman um, who has been doing it for 16 years now. And uh, he's the backbone of our defense. So the Canadians have definitely played a role on uh, both sides of the ball for our team. Yeah, I'm still uh, – so we're about six days after, you know, last weekend's game, and I'm still trying to figure out how uh, Brody was able to vacuum up that one – that one. did you see that clip of that? Oh, of the, did I, I, I watched it in person. I saw it firsthand. I gave him a little slap on the ass and said, uh, nice ground ball, and he just looked and uh, gave me a little smile like he's been there and done that. He, was, he wasn't very impressed at all, He, to tell you the truth. I thought he was going to be a little more fired up, but – I guess that's what you do when you're the GOAT. You just make plays like that. It was just another day in the office. That's it. Well, hey, man. Uh, so, big one this weekend to close out the regular season. Uh, you know, you guys, again, you already have one of those top two spots locked up, which, you know, with the way that the PLL playoff format, like, you, you want to be playing in that one versus two game. Um, but then, you know, playoffs coming up here soon. So, like, the, I mean, the chaos, you guys have been just – 
fun as hell to watch this season. Um, and, and you've been a big part of that. So, you know, hoping, uh, you know, hoping you guys can keep riding this one out because I would love to see it again. I, I don't want, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but I would love to see it September 21st chaos versus whip snakes playing for the crown in Philly. And we could have a big daddy blaze and Matt Rambo showdown right there, battling for the crown. Just a couple of roommates going after it. The, the league leader in points and the league leader in saves going toe-to-toe. So let's just say right now, that game goes down to the wire. So let's, let's say, let's, you know, the, it, this is just hypothetical. Chaos versus Whip Snakes, September 21st, playing for the crown, coming down to the wire. The Whip Snakes, they have the final shot of the game. This is for the win. The ball's in Rambo's stick. He's got one shot on you. What are the percentages that he sticks at one in the back of the net? Uh, his percentages are below zero, and they're even more below zero if he decides to try a dive because I'm coming out and I'm sending him helicopter to the moon with a flying elbow out of nowhere. So um, he's going to have to first get by Jared Newman, but if he gets the opportunity to score, I love my chances. I love my chances against him. I'm already in his head, and uh, – if you're a Whip Snakes fan, there's probably no other person in the world you'd rather see stepping in to shoot that ball. But uh, I can't, I can't let him, I can't let him even get an inch on me. So I'm giving him a less than zero percent chance. You know what? Maybe, uh, maybe we'll have him shoot it with like ten seconds left, and then that way you can stuff him, and then you can take it coast to coast yourself and score the game winner. I might, I might need, tw- I might need twelve seconds. No, no, they they took the the ten they took the ten yards out of the middle. Oh, they did take uh, ten. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're good. You're I, mathematically correct. I've I've seen the speed before. Don't you're you're not you're not gonna. That's that's the one issue that you have going for you right now is that you're not gonna be able to sneak up on any of them with that speed. I know, but I got shorts on now, so hopefully that will uh, that will help uh, help with my speed, and the wind won't be holding me back as much. There we go. All right. Well, hey, you guys can all catch Blaze and the Chaos as they take on the Atlas. That's uh, 8 p.m. at Casey Stadium in Albany. So, I mean, that place is going to be rocking with the Danes fans there. Uh, so, and, and then the rest of the weekend, we've got uh, Chrome versus Redwoods on Sunday and Archers versus the Whip Snakes to close out the regular season of the PLL. That is also on Sunday. So, uh, Blaze, just you know, maybe maybe but between now and game time, just fill us in a little bit on what the game day attire is going to be like. Let us get that scoop, and uh, best of luck, buddy. All right, stay tuned. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, and thanks again to Blazer for hopping on the podcast with us. You can catch him and the chaos uh, tomorrow night. Saturday, 8 p.m., as uh, a bunch of former Danes heading back to Casey Stadium in Albany as the Chaos take on the Atli. So that's an 8 p.m. game. Pretty sure that's going to be on uh, NBC Sports Gold. Uh, So, you know, make sure for some reason you haven't signed up for that yet, go get that subscription. Uh, The next month of lacrosse, is it's going to pay for itself that subscription. So get on that NBC sports gold. Um, dude, I, I really, I feel bad for the Atlas. Like this is a tough, tough draw for them uh, because you know, they, 
they managed to get, they got so lucky last week that all the stars aligned for them to end up back into this playoff picture. You know, they're in fourth, fourth place right now. Um, so, you know, the fact that, you know, the fact that they beat the Chrome, that was great. But then the fact that the Redwoods just got curb stomped by 13 goals, that was even better. Uh, unfortunately, I think all their luck ran out last week because I, I just, who I wouldn't want to be playing against the chaos this week. And it's like, you know, they already have one of those top two spots locked up. Talked to Blaze about this earlier. Um, you know, so you would think, you know, like if, if this were any other, if this were any other team playing in any other city, you would think that maybe they would head into this game, uh, kind of take things easy, make sure that everyone stays healthy heading into the playoffs. But the fact that you're playing against the chaos in Albany you know that they're going to want to be putting on a show for you know the people that came out and they supported them for four years of their lives. So they're going to come out firing. Um, you know, you probably expect uh, you know Miles Thompson. He's going to be back in the lineup after battling through an elbow injury. He wasn't going to miss this game. You can probably expect a goal or two out of Blaze. You can expect Connor Fields to do exactly what he did at Albany uh, that made him the second leading goal scorer in NCAA lacrosse history. So it's. I, I, I don't want to say there's no such thing as a lock in the PLL, right? All these games, you never know what's going to happen. If there were ever to be a lock in this league, it's the chaos winning this one. You know, that's going to be, oh man, I'm just, I, I'm pumped. You know, it, it's got to be great for those guys, you know, that Albany was chosen as one of the, one of the cities, like that's huge for them. You know, it's a it's it's home field advantage, basically, if you're really thinking about it, you know, that it, kind of the same thing that, you know, some of the guys had and, uh, you know, playing at Homewood in Baltimore. Um, so it, it's been really cool to see that each of them has their own like, you know, homecoming game, basically. But uh, I mean, important weekend, nonetheless, for the Archers, the Atlas and the Redwoods, um, you know, because the Redwoods have to um, they have to. And of, of course, I think that they, everybody has to win, right? You know, the, is, so the it gets interesting if um, the Atlas win and the Redwoods win because I think they'd finish with the same record and then the Atlas would advance because they have a better head-to-head score differential. Like this is – we'll see we're getting into just uncharted territory. Like my, I'm starting to lose it. Like, you know, my like a toaster, like when you leave a little bit of crumb in, in the bottom of it, like it just starts to smoke. That's what's going on in my brain right now. Yeah. Well, so Archers, Atlas, Redwoods, they're all four and five. None of them play – this would all be so much easier if, if two of them could just play against each other this week. Uh, but So they're all playing different games. So, I mean, there's a chance – that all of them lose and they all end up four and six. There's a chance that all of them win. They'd all be five and five. Um, you know, so I, I feel like it's, it's mostly going to come down to score differential, which kind of sucks for the Redwoods since they, you know, kind of shit the bed a little bit last week. Um, I don't want to keep piling on them, but I mean, come on guys, 17 to four. Damn, that's, Jesus Christ. Hey, yeah. <laughs> like, come on fellas. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, it's, but but I think again. So if you know if chaos if they're winning that game Saturday night, which again it's nothing's a lock, but you, I can't imagine that those guys wouldn't show out. Um, so that, you know that would put the Atlas at at four and six. So then if Archers and Redwoods if they both win, well then Atlas are out. Uh, but you know it's not going to be 
necessarily that simple because the Redwoods, they're playing against the Chrome. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself right now. The Chrome, the fucking ass. They're two and seven. They're not ass, but they're worse in the league. They're the only team that's out of playoff contention right now. But that almost makes them the second scariest team to play this weekend. Obviously, the Chaos are going to be number one. But the Chrome, they're that guy who has nothing left to lose right? Like there, there's nothing for them to really play for in this game. No matter what happens in this game, it doesn't affect them. They're, they're out of the playoffs regardless. Uh, they've already locked up last place in the league. So there's nothing, there's nothing there for them to lose. And that's scary as shit because they can come out here and do whatever the fuck they want. I know that there's really not any consequence for it. Um, obviously like they want to stay healthy, but they can do whatever they want. They can try out some crazy things. Um, you know, guys can take some shots that they wouldn't typically take. Um, so, you know, the fact that they're going to be playing and they're also going to be playing with a big chip on their shoulder because they're, they're probably embarrassed that they're the only team that's out of playoff contention right now. They probably, you know, the, the skill on that roster is loaded. And, you know, these are a lot of guys that are used to winning lacrosse games. They played a lot of them played four years at Duke where they did a lot of winning. A lot of them have played on Team USA where they've done a lot of winning. So they're probably not used to being losers. Um, so they'll probably want to kind of if, – if they're not going to make the playoffs, they might as well keep someone out of the playoffs. So that's going to be a tough draw for the Redwoods, uh, especially given that you know, this, this Redwoods team uh, has, has been uh, you know, beaten up this season. Yeah, that's going to be especially tough for them. You know, you might I – mean, I mean, you know, kind of like – when you're playing fantasy football, right, and, you know, you have to pick, you know, when your season's going to stop, like week 16 or 17 because they sit players for the playoffs, you know, you might – we might see some of that towards the end, like some of these guys getting activated on their rosters towards the end, toward going towards playoffs to give them a break. Like on the chaos and whip snakes, we might see some guys that we haven't seen before, you know, kind of out there in between, you know, doing all the work in between the whistles so, you know, the key players can be ready during the playoffs. I think that might be too much, too much, you know, going too much into it. Um, but you know, that's what we do on here. We like to speculate, and we're really good at it. So, um, yeah, we could see, you know, I mean, you know, some of these guys we haven't seen before, um, you know, playing for the chaos or, or playing for the whip snakes, you know, in the in the coming, you know, weeks because these rosters are actually pretty large. Um, you know, some of them have thirty or thirty-two guys on them, but they only dress. 21 22 so you know i wouldn't be surprised um to see some guys we haven't seen in a bit uh do we even want to make picks <laughs> I'm, you- I'm gonna well well let, let me see well because i already picked chaos over atlas so there, okay. there's one of them i'm gonna That's hold fair. off I'm going to hold off for a couple of minutes. I'm going to let this one marinate on my, uh, on my brain for a little bit. This Redwoods Chrome game, uh, whip snakes, archers. So again, like whip snakes, I'd almost like they, they lost those two games heading into, you know, so they, they lost week seven, they lost week eight, uh, Big win for them in, in week nine. But like, do you really want to go into the playoffs losing three out of four? Probably not. Um, so again, like, I don't know, I, I guess, I guess heading into the season, like I was just seeing like week 10 as more of a, uh, you know, a couple, you know, probably still a couple playoff spots on the line, but like the top few teams would probably take this one easy. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone's really going to be sitting like the, the whip snakes are probably going to want to go into 
uh, playoffs feeling good about themselves. And, uh, you know, archers, they, they've hit a little stride as well. Like, you know, they lost, uh, you know, after that, that four loss stretch in the middle of the season, they've, they've been able to turn it on. And, uh, you know, they were just an overtime goal away from taking down the chaos last week. So this will be, this will probably be the, uh, the closest game. Like I, I, w- I would say in terms of, uh, just overall, cause, cause these are two teams like whip snakes are already clinched, but it's like, they, they still probably want to end up as one of those. Uh, actually, I think they will end up as one of those top two teams either way they still have something to prove here after losing two in a row very recently. And the archers, they're fighting for their lives here. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure out of all the playoff scenarios, the archers have the best chance of getting in, like regardless of how things shake up. Um, pretty sure it would need to be like something real fucky would have to happen. Like the whip snakes would need to have another beat down in a row for them to not get in because they're uh, score differential right now. They're, you know, they're a plus three Atlas or minus 10 Redwoods are minus 13. So they're pretty good right now, as long as Atlas and Redwoods don't win. Um, so I, th- I think, I don't know. I, I, I like the way that the archers are starting to uh, play, especially offensively. I think, you know, that pickup of Joey Sankey, like he's made an immediate impact on that team. Um, and every time he scores, it seems to be like a big, uh, like a big energy boost for those guys, you know, like not all goals are created equal. I feel like every time he stashes one in the back of the net, the boys get fired up a little bit more. Um, and you know, both Gettleman and Drew Adams, like, you know, the fact that both of those goalies are playing so hot right now that you can't even differentiate, you know, one or two. Um, so I, you know, I, I like the way that they're built. Uh, so I, I think I might go archers with a win. Right. So this is, uh, and I'll probably totally flip flop by the time that these games get played on Saturday night and Sunday. Uh, but we'll go, we'll go archers over whip snakes. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, I, I like the Chrome spoiling things for the Redwoods, um, which would mean that, uh, chaos over Atlas wouldn't necessarily matter because it would be Atlas and archers getting into the playoffs this weekend. Yeah, I will, I will go with the chaos pick. Um, I like the Chrome to upset the Redwoods. I think the Chrome were a tough team. I think that um, they've really come together towards the end of the season. They've actually got hot in a few games. You know, I, I, I like the Chrome over the Redwoods. The Redwoods seem to be, and the, you know, that's my team though. You know, that, that's our team. So it, so it feels very sad to say it, but it feels like, you know, maybe the wheels have come apart a little bit. Um, now, one of the wheels but, that did come apart, they, they were missing Eddie Glazner last week and he's back yeah. in the lineup this week. So like, one of those wheels are back on, but it's like it was like they I mean, were Glazer, like they were like an eighteen wheeler where like seven of the yeah. wheels came off. So like they're getting one of them back, but there's still some wheels that are still like twenty miles down the highway right now. I mean, Glazner is an immediate impact. You know, he's he's like any of those you know four guys that you know Landis, Sexton, Apple, and uh, Glazner. You know, you lose one of them, you know, it, it's an immediate impact either way, right? Getting one of them back is also a huge impact. So, I take the Chrome over the Redwoods. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know why it seems it seems so so. It, I mean, the thought process to me would be like, you know, let's finish out strong. So I think that's probably what the Chrome are probably going to do is you know, hey, like, hey man, let's let's hey guys, let's finish out strong. Let's give one last ditch effort. Tell them you know we're we're we may be in the last place, but like we're, we're going to get that number one draft pick and we're going to be, you know, fucking hunting next year. So 
Um, I take Chrome over Redwood, Redwoods. Um, I think the, you know, the Whip Snakes Archers game, I feel like the Archers have been kind of almost there um, all season. Uh, they've, you know, they, it's a really tough team. Like that is a very tough team. I mean, you got Marcus Holman, Will Manny, Joey Sankey who's made an immediate impact. You know, Scott Ratliff, like, you know, it's a very, very tough team. Matt McMahon. Um, I, I like the Archers defense matchup against the Whipsnakes offense, although the offense, the Whipsnakes offense is really fucking good. Um, man. I hate doing this because everyone's so fucking good. Like that. I like, it's, it's like, every, how do, how, how am I supposed to justify how that like Ryan Drenner, you know, like how am I supposed to justify, you know, talking about Ryan Drenner up against like Matt McMahon, they're two fucking great players. Like dude, maybe I, one of them. One of them has like a bad tuna salad, and that's why they that's why they lose. Like, you know, because head to head, they're probably just as fast, just as skilled with their stick, just can do, probably play any position they wanted. But like, it's going to be you know whoever's game. Every every single preview is just like, well, this team does this good, but that team does that good, and that team does this good, but this team also does that good. So, like, really, what I think we need we need the PLL to just start bringing in a few shit bags here and there like we, we need some teams that just aren't so evenly matched that way we can like actually have a preview and be like this is gonna happen that's gonna happen because like until that happens all these teams are just so loaded and so you know the rosters on paper are you know the the you know the uh the records may not be as although we have three teams that are four and five in a six team league so obviously you know these teams are all pretty evenly matched so just start bringing in a few shit bags here and there like just give us like two really really shitty teams that way every once in a while we can have a preview that like isn't just well i don't know what's going to happen because both of these teams are really good yeah i mean you know the rabel brothers really need to throw us a bone here like this is you know this is it's it's it hurts Without the, without the media covering the league, they would be nothing. So really, you guys owe us. Start bringing in some shit bags. We'll even play. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, sign me. Like I'm available. Um, I will. I will be your shit bag. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can like. Then then you can go into like, hey, should we bring in enforcers? Like that's. I mean, that's a whole blog post right there. Does the PLL need enforcers? So you put you know bring in a couple of like terrible expansion teams, put some enforcers on there. Uh, like uh looks, looks like we're getting a call from Nick Asello. That's right. <laughs> uh what what's his name? Um uh in the NLL, Brian um Bill Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, yes. We need Bill O'Brien to be out there as an enforcer on like the a U19 team in the PLL. That would be that's what I want because that man has hands. Um I so I mean Bill O'Brien versus Nick Asello in a fight. I'm fucking uh, that's pay-per-view for me baby uh but yeah man this is this is terrible trying to pick between these teams um i'm gonna go with archers i i think the archers winning makes it interesting and you know the, the beginning of the season we thought that hey well, wow the whipstakes are gonna run away with this but you know they could end up six and four after week 10 so archers it is there we go. Um, so, yeah, that is Chaos Atlas, Saturday night, 8 p.m., under the lights at Casey Stadium. Redwoods Chrome, that is Sunday, 1.30 p.m. And finally, the regular season of the inaugural PLL season wraps up, 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. That is the Whip Snakes versus the Archers. Uh, so, listen, guys, 
Uh, this is the, the last week of the regular season. Uh, only three more weeks to go after this. So, uh, you know, make sure don't, don't take it for granted. Um, you know, after, you know, after the PLL season wraps up, there'll still be another week of the uh, world indoor championships. And then, you know, the NLL season will be following, you know, not too far behind, but uh, the field lacrosse season is, is coming to an end. So you don't want to be the asshole who doesn't watch this weekend. And then, you know, come November, you're like, oh man, I wish I had some more lacrosse to watch. So uh, while you're watching these games these weekend, uh, make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram. That is at the crease dive on both and make sure that you are keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.
Everybody 